Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. Happy Sunday, cool fam. Well, it is Sabbath Sunday. What does that even mean? It means that we're taking a break from coming into the physical house due to the holiday season. Everybody was in Thanksgiving mode. Did you know that the Thanksgiving weekend is actually the busiest travel season of the entire year? So we said, you know what? We're not going to fight that. We're going to let you travel, go do what you're going to do with your family, spend time with them. And good old cool church, we are right here online ready to go so you can watch from the comfort of wherever you are in the world with your family. But don't get too comfortable because next week we are back in the building and I do not want you to miss it. Oh, I'm excited. Cool Christmas is on the way. Four more weeks all December long. It is cool Christmas and I'm so, so excited. Going to start a brand new series. It's going to be awesome. But today, um, as we're just coming off of this Thanksgiving season and and we're in this this mode of gratitude Pastor Joanne preached about so eloquently um, last Sunday. I I was reading in my word and I ran across um, a verse in uh, Joshua and I love, you know, Joshua, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. What a powerful man of God who took the reins uh, after Moses had uh, finally passed away had passed on Joshua is the one that took the people into the promised land and I was reading these verses that really struck my heart and I think um, they'll strike a chord with you when you understand where we are um, in 2020 when you understand where we are this time of year what we're trying to do uh, as a church family so if you got your Bibles today everybody's watching from online today I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. Make sure you got that Bible. Come on. Even listen, I know you ain't in the house today, but still, come on, hold it up. I want I mean I can't see it, but God can see it, all right? Have your Bible. I promise you it's gonna bless you. Uh, you also got all these notes on the Cool Church app. Always a great way to stay connected. But Joshua, uh, chapter 24, verses verse 15, it reads something like this. I love this verse. Joshua says this as he addresses the people of Israel after they have settled in the promised land. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether it's the gods of your forefathers uh, served beyond the, the beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But get this. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Man, that is a powerful verse. Joshua was an OG. He did not care. He was going to say how he felt. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. If you're taking notes on this awesome Sabbath Sunday post Thanksgiving message, I've entitled it this Our House our house. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. 
For this is the day that you have made, God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I pray uh, that before the earth began to spin on this axis, you knew each and every person that would be tuned in all over the world watching this word right now. And God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears are open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. God, I'm so thankful for how far you have brought us. But God, I know we still got so far to go. And God, I never want to live a day without being thankful for all that you have done for our house. God. Bless the person that needs it the most. Let the person that needs Jesus find him. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's take about five seconds. Get up off your couch. I know you probably got pajamas on. I do not care. Get up off your couch right now. Clap your hands. Let's make some noise. Put some claps in the chat, some hearts in the chat. Let's get excited for Jesus. Let's go. One, two, three. Yes, Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Get some energy on this Sunday morning. All right. Here we go. Our house. Well, as I said, we just celebrated Thanksgiving and I don't know about you. I know I committed a sin. I've, I've eaten more than I probably should have. I don't even feel bad about it. I repented. Uh, I'm going to keep on going. God's still working on me. And man, you know how Thanksgiving is. You take that moment and you try to remember all the things that you are thankful for. And can I just say, as one of the co-pastors of this house, I know I can speak for myself and jo uh, Pastor Joanne when I say this. We are so thankful for you. We are so thankful for this house called Cool Church, man. I, I love it because it's a place where people can come and feel like family. And I love it because we're family, whether we're meeting in a building, whether we meeting uh, outside, whether we're meeting online. We've been so many different places. And the one thing I'm really thankful for about this house, we're almost going on four years of being together and it doesn't matter where we are or how we choose to connect with each other as a church, wherever we are feels like home. It feels like a family. And I'm so thankful for your consistency. I'm so thankful for your commitment. I'm so thankful for your faith to really see the mission and the vision of our house pushed for church. We are living stones that cannot do this separately. God wants us to work together. And I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I love you and thank you so much for sticking with us through it all. But with that being said, I, I was also just reflecting on that day and I was thankful for my family, man. I'm thankful for my wife who stood by my side through it all. I'm thankful for my baby girl, man, to see her grow up in, in the love of the Lord, being surrounded by great people, to see the creative she is. She's beautiful. She's awesome. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all of my family, man. My mother, father, brother, sister. Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful for them all. And I was even sitting around that dinner table at my house. And I was like, man, God, I was looking around. I was like, man, I'm thankful for my house, like my actual home. Like, I'm glad I got somewhere to be some place to rest my head, some place to relax. Everybody can't say that, man. And I, and I pray if you're in a situation where you need some help because, man, you just ain't got like the just the basic things of life to survive. I pray you will reach out to the to our house, the cool, the cool church. And I pray that we could help you. But with that being said, I, I was just thanking God for my own house because, man, the situation could be 
a lot different. And as I was thanking God for my house, I I, I thought about something. And it's a question that I'm going to pose for you because I, I love my house. Right. I've done a lot of renovations in my house. Like it's the place where I chill the hardest, the place where I could just fully be myself. But let me ask you this question. Have you ever had somebody come to your house and disrespect your house? Has that ever happened to you? Oh, man. Like 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 people sometimes like I, I love everybody. And I love inviting folks to my house. But every now and then it doesn't it doesn't happen too often. But every now and then somebody comes to your house and they disrespect your house. Sometimes people disrespect your house because they come and they ain't tell you they was coming. You better call before you come to my house. And the church said, amen. But sometimes people, they don't know. They come into your house and they disrespectful. I used to understand why Martin used to kick everybody out of his house back in the day, because some people just are so disrespectful. And I'm going to tell you the, the chief offenders of disrespect to anyone's house. Nine times of 10, it's not adults. Little humans, children are the chief disrespecters of households. Now, I, T love the kids. I love them. Like, I love kids and I expect kids to be kids, but I do got to say something. Sometimes some children come up into your house with no home training. My child, when my child go to somebody's house, all I is, oh, she was so pleasant to be around. She ain't break nothing. She ain't touch nothing. You know why? Because me and my wife would kill her if she went into someone's house and disrespected their house. But there are sometimes people come to my house and I love them. I would come, come, come as you are. Come or weary and burdened and heavy laden and I will give you rest. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not Jesus. But come, you come to the house. Make sure you have a conversation with your children before they come to my house because I want them to make sure that they ain't doing nothing crazy in my house. One time I came home and my wife knew some folks was coming over. I ain't necessarily know. Maybe she told me I wasn't paying attention fully. I opened up the door to my house. And as soon as you open up the door to my house, to the right is the living room with the couch and the television. And and there's there's a there's a table there in between the couch and the table, our coffee table. Our coffee table happens to be a glass table. When I opened the doors and I look to the right, to my surprise, there was a small human sitting on my glass table. Lord Jesus, I had to repent of all the thoughts that was going on in my head at the moment. I ain't even know this child. I ain't never even seen this child before, but this child had the nerve to be sitting on my glass table. Now listen, y'all, God's still working on me. So when I see other people's kids cutting up, I'll be the one that be wanting to beat other people's kids. Lord, forgive me. That I know that ain't politically correct. Put me on shade room. I don't care. Listen, I'm the one that's going to get somebody else's child in line because I don't tolerate disrespect from little humans. I just don't. So I walked in my house and I said, excuse you. You need to get up 
off my doggone glass table and you need to respect my house. That little dude shut up like this and he went and sat where? On the couch where he was supposed to. But you ain't going to come up in my house and just sit wherever you want. I ain't going to tolerate it. I had to let him know that he had to respect my house. This is why I love family. Because in my house, with my family, I can set the ground rules. And when I set the ground rules, my family knows not to disrespect the house because this is our house. We take ownership of the house. But when somebody does not take ownership of the house, when they don't understand the culture of the house or the rules of the house, then they oftentimes feel like they have license to disrespect the house. But family, family knows they got to respect the house. My child knows she better not sit on that glass table or she got to find somewhere else to live. Why? Because she's family and she honors the house. So today I want to have a bit of a family conversation, if you will. And I want to talk about the house because family takes ownership over the house. And I read this, this verse from Joshua and we find Joshua literally at the end of his life. Joshua lives to be 110 years old. Man, I hope I get there. He lives to be 110 years old. He's already gotten the people uh, into the promised land, takes over after, after most. They conquer enemy after enemy. They divide the land up amongst themselves. And the thing about the, the Israelites, man, they were stubborn people. They were a stiff-necked people. As soon as they get into this foreign land that was called the promised land, they want to serve other gods, and they forget about the God that had gotten them there. And, and, and Joshua is like, man, I, I, I can't with y'all. I, I, I can't take this disrespect. Imagine Joshua like me walking in, seeing the people cutting up. And he's like, excuse you, did, did y'all forget where, where you were? No, 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 no. This, this belongs to God. And he gave it to us to cherish. Y'all disrespecting the house right now. So Joshua gives this, this, this grand speech. And he says, hey, I don't care what y'all going to do. Y'all going to respect the house. And I, I, I love this because Joshua makes a very bold move because he does not dictate to them what they have to do. He gives them a choice. He says, hey, y'all could do whatever y'all feel like. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I, I love this because I want you to hear me and hear me well. Believer watching this, non-believer watching this or person somewhere in the middle trying to figure it out. I want you to understand the most important thing that you have in life is a choice. Joshua does a beautiful thing because he never takes away the people's choice. As a matter of fact, I want you to hear that Jesus Christ died to give you a choice. And hear me when I say this, Jesus Christ did not just die on a cross to give people a choice to serve him. He also died on a cross to give them the choice not to. You have to hear that and understand that. If you don't believe that, then you really have to check your theology. The beautiful thing about free will in context to salvation is we have a choice for what is salvation? 
without a choice. I love our God because he constantly gives us a choice. Even from the beginning with the tree, we had a choice. There is no salvation without a choice because if there is salvation, but there is no choice, salvation without a choice is slavery. And God does not want slaves. He wants sons. He wants daughters. He wants people to choose to love him back the way that he loves them. You have a choice. And as a year comes to a close, we got about four more weeks left and we're having this family conversation. I want you to understand what a blessing this house cool church is. And if you choose this house, Listen to my words carefully. If you choose this house, you have to know the expectations of this house. And you have to understand why all this year we've been saying we're all in. If you choose to be a part of this, you don't have to. If you don't, I will still love you. Pastor Joanne will still love you. When we see you, we will say hi to you. We will hug you. We will embrace you. It's all love. But if you choose to be a part of this thing called cool church and you choose to be all in, there's a few things I want you to know about our house. And the first is this, our house is the place we choose to serve. Hear me. Our house, this house, cool church. It's the place we choose to serve. Nobody's twisting your arm. Nobody's forcing you. If you say this is your house, then I'm believing you're going to choose to serve this house. Look at what Joshua 24, 15 says, the first part of it. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, I love this, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors that served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites and whose land you are living Once again, I'm going to make this statement again. One of the greatest things about salvation, one of the most beautiful things about salvation is that we are free to choose. But 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 choose what? Choose who you will serve. I love that statement by by Joshua. He says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, because clearly serving the Lord was his choice, then choose for yourselves whom this day you will serve. You know what I love about that statement? That's beautiful. Joshua was saying, you're going to serve something. There's something that you're going to choose. Even if by default, you don't choose God by default, you are saying, I'm going to choose something else. He says, so choose this day whom you will serve, because here's the reality, whether you want to believe this or not, maybe you're a free thinker. Maybe you think, oh, I'm slave to no one. Maybe you think I serve nothing but myself. Let me tell you something. If you don't serve God, you are serving something. The question is, what are you serving? Are you serving yourself? Are you serving your money? Are you serving your lust? Are you serving your passion? Are you, if you're not serving God, You are serving something. You've put something on a pedestal outside of him and chosen to give your time to that. If you're not serving God, you're serving something. If you're not serving the God of the heavens, are you serving another God? There's always something else. Not not one human 
in existence. There's not one that doesn't serve anything because even by saying you serve nothing, you serve that. We all serve something. So I love that he gives him this choice. He's like, hey, if you go serve something, why don't you try the guy that got you here? Why don't you try the one that gave you life? Why don't you try the one that set you free? Why don't you try the one that got you in the promised land? Because we all are going to serve something. So here's your choice. You could choose to serve the Lord, but if he seems undesirable to you, then choose this day whom you will serve. We all serve something. As a homeowner, I get this a lot um, because I choose to serve the type of home that I want to live in. What do I mean by that? We can all choose where we want to live, but how you live, listen to me, how you live in a house is based upon how you serve that house. Maybe you're not getting it yet. You can choose wherever you want to live, but it doesn't matter where you live. You can live in a in a, in a, in a non-affluent community, you can live in an extremely affluent community, but don't you know there's great houses and bad houses in either community based upon how the person serves the house they live? It is not about where you live, it is about how you serve the house that you live. I can sum up home ownership in this one word. You ready for it? Maintenance. Once you own a home, you're going to be maintaining that thing for as long as you own it. The question is, how are you serving it? How are you maintaining it? Because based upon how you maintain it, based upon how you serve it will dictate how you actually live. I'll give you an example. I can choose to serve my house in so many different ways. I can choose to live in a house with a roof that leaks or I can maintain it. That's a, that's a choice. Like I don't have to fix the roof, but there are consequences for me not fixing the roof. I can choose to have a clean kitchen or I can let the roaches take over. And the ones down here, they fly. They be like, those are the worst ones. I'm telling you, them palmetto bugs, they don't play. But that's a, like, that's a, that, you got roaches in your, that's a, that's a, no, they just came. No, that's a choice. You nasty. It's te- the roaches are an indicator of something. They're telling you something about yourself. You can clean, you can, you can choose to live in a clean place or you can say, I ain't gonna clean nothing. And then you will have extra things living in your house that maybe you did not want. You can choose to water and cut your grass or you can let it look like a jungle. It don't matter what neighborhood you in. I've seen houses whose lawns are pristine. Next door, I've seen houses that look like nobody lives there and somebody definitely lives there. It's a choice. You can choose. I can I can choose to take what I've learned from HGTV and I can renovate my house that was created in the 60s to update it to make sure it looks like it belongs in 2022 
or I can leave it unrenovated. I could have left the pink and black tiles in my bathroom. I could have, I could have chosen that. Would the bathroom still work? Probably, but the way it functions and the way I feel about it is up to me based upon how I choose to live in that house. I could choose to be a hoarder or I can take my trash out when necessary. I don't have to keep everything that I bring in my house. I can choose to dispose of things in my house. It's a choice. And the funny thing is, this doesn't just work for the places that we live. This works in the houses of worship that we choose to go to, namely the one you're watching right now, Cool Church. You can choose to serve in kids. Or you could let the kids teach themselves. Bible I read says train a child up in the way that it should go. It doesn't say let them train themselves. You could choose. We always need people in kids. We need a hundred people serving in kids because, man, these kids need to see good examples of strong men and women. We could we could choose to let somebody else teach our kids or we could choose to let our kids teach themselves or we could say, you know what? I want to be an active part of my child's spiritual growth. You have a choice to serve. You can, I don't know, maybe choose to serve on cool culture that I love cool culture because they man, they 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 are the discipleship next steps core of the church. They're the class that you go to for membership. They're the ones that open the door wide for you, but they're also trying to close the door behind you because they invited you in. But they want you to stay and grow. Culture is part of your growth development. You could choose to serve in culture or you can let the back door of the church stay wide open and people just keep going in and out of our house instead of staying and really growing here. All in is about discipleship. I don't want just a bunch of people that come in and out of the house. I want people that stay and are being discipled properly in the word of the Lord so that we can be strong uh, people of faith with intestinal fortitude that don't get turned around and flipped over every time the enemy tries to hit us up. But we have a crew that you can serve with that will help fortify your faith and close the back door of the church. You can choose to serve on the experience or the environments or hospitality team. These are the people that set the table. They're the ones that bring the energy and the atmosphere. When you're outside, they got the music going. They got the signs, man. They're connecting people to different things. They bring the party with them. Or you could let this place just feel like a school with no energy and no atmosphere when you walk in. And check the box and say, I made it to church. You might have made it, but you didn't help make the atmosphere well. That's what those teams do. You can choose to serve on the parking or the security team, or you could just let the place be open to attack. I ain't worried about it. God going to protect us. Yeah, he will protect us. But he also gave us common sense to teach us how to protect ourselves. There are people that are literally watching the folks that come in here so we can worship safely. I'm sorry. We live in 2022. There are houses of worship that are under attack. These these teams like parking and security are making sure that we have a safe place to worship. You can choose to serve there or you could just come in and sit and pray for your own security. You can choose 
what you want this place to be. You could choose to serve on the host team or you could find your own seat when you walk in. It's a choice, man. Like, like I know we ask, you say, man, Pastor T, you're always asking us to serve. Listen, service is not just a benefit to the house. It's a benefit to you because it dictates how you will live in this experience that you are having called Cool Church. The way we serve dictates how the house is. If we serve it better, the house will be better. So if serving God seems undesirable to you, choose who you will serve. But don't blame the life you choose to live or the church you choose to attend on anyone but yourself. Because the way you serve it will dictate how you experience it. Because here's a simple fact. A simple fact that I can speak true for my own life. Choosing to serve the house has never made my life worse. Never. It has, it has ne- I, I have been working and serving in church for over 17 years. And before I worked at a church, I've been serving in a church my whole life in different aspects, driving buses for kids to get them to youth group, cleaning out food pantries, knocking on doors, trying to get people to church, ser- serving in whatever capacity was in front of me. Serving the house has never, ever made my life worse. But you say, well, 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 well Pastor T, I, I've, been, I've been church hurt. If you got serving in God's house, it's probably because you took your eyes off the house and put it on to a person. Can I just be real with y'all this Sunday? Can, can, can I be real with you? Because churches don't hurt people. People hurt people. Have I been hurt in the house? Yes, but it wasn't the fault of the house. It was a person in the house that hurt me. And I I think we got to start growing up a little bit, uh, church, and stop walking around with the, I feel like we make it a badge of honor now to say that we were church hurt. We got to stop walking around with that and really identify the real person who hurts you because the house is incapable of hurting you, but people in the house are qualified for sure to hurt you because that's what people do. People hurt people. You see, houses never hurt me. At the end of the day, it was a person in the house, but now I'm mature enough not to blame the house for a person's mistakes. You see, there's all kinds of choices I make every day in the house. And I choose to serve this house because the house has never hurt me. People will fail you all the time, but I promise you, if you're in a healthy environment called the house of the Lord, if you serve the house, you will see the most benefit of the house. So take your eyes off of people that can hurt you and put your eyes back on the house. The house is the place that we choose to serve. But secondly, our house goes the way of the father. Our house goes the way of the father. What does that mean? God, the father sets the tone for everything happening in this house. Everything, not Pastor Terrence, not Pastor Joanne. No, God, the father sets the tone for what happens in this house. My decisions are made clear for me because of whose house I choose to serve in. 
There's a, there's, a, there's a funnel here, a beautiful God funnel in this house. And when I look at what's happening in this house and I look at my own life and I match the two up, I can say, okay, I know how to operate because I know whose house I'm in. I'm in God's house. I love what Joshua says in 24 verse 15, the second part, he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The culture of this house, cool church, is a culture that is set by God, the father in my own house. The culture that is set is set by me because I am the father. I, I love my daughter. I love my daughter Vava so much. And uh, as her father, my child knows um, what I expect of her because she understands whose roof she's actually under. You know how parents say, it's like, as long as you're under my roof, you're going to observe my rules. My child understands what rules to observe because she understands whose house that she is in. And I can be honest, and parents, maybe you feel me, like sometimes you don't always know if your kids hear you. Like you say things a hundred times and they still go off and do something crazy. But every now and then I get these glimmers of hope, man, that when I repeat myself, she's actually picking up on the things that I'm saying. I, I don't always know if she hears me, but every now and then she says things and I know that she's listening. Uh, Vava one day was coming to church with me. We was driving there in the morning and she she was like I, she was like noticeably sad and i was like what are you sad about what's what, what's going on she was like dad i'm sad i'm like why so i'm sad because we can't, we go into church and i know some of my friends don't know jesus and i was like i was like wow like i was taken aback it was honestly it was like a bittersweet moment bitter because like i'm sad too that some of your friends don't know jesus that's why we do this. If you think we're doing this for anything else, let me stop you right here. The whole goal of everything that we ever do in this house is to get people closer to Jesus. That That's it. But my child caught that and it and bitter because we want everybody to know Jesus. Like we don't care where you come from, color, culture, creed, whatever you are into. We want you to know Jesus because we can't make your life better. He can make your life better. My child who was a 12 year old gets that. She wants people's lives to be better. But the moment was sweet because Though she had sorrow about her friends that didn't know Jesus, she had compassion on them. She had compassion. And I, I, I started to think like maybe some of the stuff that we've been saying to her is actually starting to resonate. Actually starting to resonate because she understands that she's in a house of faith and I love it because we talk about what a Wilson is every day and we say things like, Wilson's man, we're smart. Wilson's we're, we're creative. Wilson's help people. Wilson's love Jesus so much so that we have written out a board of values. You see the picture here right now. But the first thing on the Wilson family value says love, love God, love family, love others. She's catching on to that love God and love others. Why? Because we love others the way that Christ loves us. She may not always hear me, but clearly based upon that conversation, 
I'm seeing that because we've cultivated a culture of loving God and loving people, now I'm seeing that translate to my own child's life. And here's the beautiful part. that Though we have family values, this house, cool church, we have values. You're probably sick of hearing us talk about them, but I'm not going to stop talking about them because they are values that are set by God the Father himself. And he wants to know if we are not just hearing him, if we are actually listening to these things and applying them to our life, man. If you are a part of Cool Church, if you are a part of this family, our values come directly from God's word. Each and every one of them has verses to back it up. But man, this is why we love love. This is why we care about family, generosity, honor, excellence, service, and creativity. All of these things come from God who is love himself, and they are poured out onto us so that we can be the same thing to a lost and dying world, man. God is looking for these values to pour out of us, not just on a Sunday, but every day of our lives, in our homes, in our workspaces, at our schools, wherever we are, the values that the father has set for the house should be the things that govern our lives moving forward in this house. I can't speak to somebody else's, but this house is going to continue to go the way of God, the father, no matter what. It doesn't matter who the pastor is. I promise you, I will not be the last pastor of Cool Church. Hopefully this thing goes on for the next 500 years or until Jesus comes back. I will be dead and gone by then. But the next one that will come in, I pray that they continue to follow the values set by God the Father, not the values set by the pastor. We are children of the Most High God. We report directly to God the Father. So the values that the Father is set over the house will be the values that the house follows no matter who's standing in front, who's standing on the microphone. Some And the problem and the issue that so many people have when things like this are talked about is people have their eyes on the pastor of the house when they need to put their eyes back on the heavenly father of the house. I'm nothing but an under shepherd. That's what me and Joanne are. But this house, the values and the rules are dictated by the father. You say, how do you know that? Where do you find them? This is why you need to open up your Bible and read your word. And everything that we say should connect to something that the father has already said in his house. His word gives us the culture of this house. And in our house, the culture, the rules, the guidelines, everything that we are and everything that we do is set by our heavenly father. Our house goes the way of God, the father, not Terrence and Joanne, the pastors. I promise you at the end of the day, a house that is strong, our house will always go the way of God, the father. But finally, our house is the place where we continually say yes. We continually say yes. If you choose this house, I want you to determine in your heart that you're going to say yes to this house. Yes. When we ask you something, say yes. Say yes, because you believe that this place is dictated by what God the Father does. Say yes, because you believe that this is the place that you choose to serve. Say Say yes. Look at what happens in Joshua 24, 16 through 24. After Joshua says, y'all can do what y'all want to do. 
As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Look at the people's response. Then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was now they're giving credit to God again. It was the Lord, our God himself, who brought us and our parents out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations that we travel. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. So now they're giving thanks to God again. After 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 Joshua calls them out, he's like, y'all do what y'all want to do. We, Me and my house, we going to serve the Lord. They're like, no, 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 wait, hold up, hold up. We ain't totally depart from that. We know who got us here. And they say, we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. So that was the first time they said it. But look how petty Joshua is. Look at what he says in, in, in verse 19. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. And he will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. He's like, no, 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 it ain't that easy. Y'all, y'all, we want to serve God. No, 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 I ain't, I ain't forget, but I know God didn't forget what y'all did. Listen, listen to this. Verse 21. But the people said to Joshua, listen to the response. No, we will serve the Lord. That's two times. We're going to serve God. We promise. Verse 22. Then Joshua said, you are witnessing against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Joshua is not making this easy. Remember what you said, because when you say this, this is going to count against you if you actually go back on your word. That's what he's saying right there. And they say, yes, we are witnesses. They replied. That's three times. They confirmed that they're going to serve the Lord. Verse 23. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord, our God, and obey him. Four times, four times they had to confirm that they were going to abide by the rules of God's house, that they were going to choose God as opposed to some foreign God. Why did Joshua give them a hard time about saying yes? I mean, four different times he made sure that they confirmed it. Because he was like, I done seen y'all before. Y'all said y'all was going to love God before. And I seen y'all do crazy stuff. And you go back on your word. He did not make it easy. Joshua gave him a hard time. Why did Joshua give them a hard time? It's simple. No is easy. But yes requires work. No is easy. But yes requires work. The Israelites had to say yes four times. I love four in biblical numerology because four means hard work. It means being resolute. It means strength. 
It means stability. You're not going to go back and forth. You're going to be stable. I love that on the fourth day, God creates stability in our time by creating the sun, the moon, and the stars to mark out sacred days, months, and years that give us four seasons that provide stability to our lives. Y'all, we got four more weeks in 2022. You know the other thing that four means? Four means appointed time. I want you to hear me. Appointed time. At the appointed time, Joshua took a stance once and for all because he knew that what the people were agreeing to was not going to be easy, but he knew it would be beneficial. And cool church, I want to make a stand at this appointed time and say that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this is the time to say yes to the hard things right before the end of the year. Say yes. Do not shriek back and say no, because it's comfortable. Don't say no, because it's easy. Say yes. I'm telling you, it's going to be hard. But if we say yes to the hard things at the end of this year. We will finish this year strong and we will be catapulted into 2023 because we were willing to say yes to the things that nobody else was willing to say yes to. At this appointed time, stop saying no to God. The word of the Lord for somebody today is say yes. Say yes. And watch how God will grow you in this season and Beyond, It's not going to be easy. Yes, it's never easy, but it's always beneficial. Stop saying no to everything. Say yes. I close with this final story. I, I love restaurants, man. I'm a foodie. And uh, I remember one time I, I used to like this one restaurant like so much. I was going there all the time and they treated me well when I went in. So I, I, I you know, I thought it was cool. And I like it so much. When I like stuff, I tell everybody about it. I'm, listen, if you do good work for something, I'm gonna tell everybody the kind of work you do so they hire you. If if like you got the best food, I'm gonna say, yo, nobody could touch homegrown mac and cheese. Nobody could touch my mama mac and cheese. I just want to say that you know, post Thanksgiving, she got the best mac and cheese. I don't care what your mama do. My mama's the best. Okay, in Jesus' name. Um, but when you do something well, I like to promote it. I like to tell people. So I took five of my friends to 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 this restaurant. I was like, y'all. You're going to love it. I was like bigging it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, yo, we're we going we gonna to eat good. We get there and my friends get in the line and, and I'm like hyping it up and they excited. And then as, as we're going through the line to, 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 to place our orders and stuff, you know, my friends are just asking for simple stuff. They're like, hey, can I get a little extra of this? I'll pay for it. No, no big deal. Yada, yada, yada. And this stuff you would do at any, you know, they're not asking for freebies. They're like, hey, we'll, we'll pay for the extra. I don't know what was wrong with the dude behind the counter that day. I had never seen this before. Everything they said, he just said no. He's like, can I have a little extra? No. Can I, can I get some salt? No. Can I, no. I was like, yo. I'm like, I'm sitting there like embarrassed and I'm like apologize. I'm like, yo, they're never really like this. Like, and it was such a like, you know, like you get in them awkward situations. I'm like, oh, Lord, like everything, everything I asked for, I do said no, 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 no. And what they were asking for were things that he could have just done simply. It would they wouldn't have taken him any real extra time. The restaurant would have made a little more money. They would have gained a few more customers. 
But instead of saying yes, he chose to say no. Needless to say, I never went back to that restaurant again. And neither did my friends. Haven't been there ever since. And I'm not trying to like make light of anybody's misfortune. I passed by that restaurant the other day. It's no longer there. What am I trying to say? He made a choice to say no, because for whatever reason, he didn't want to do the extra work. And no may have seemed very easy in that moment, but it ended up hurting him in the long run. You know, if you're not careful, can always hurt you in the long run. Yes may take a little more time, but yes always brings you the most benefit. See, the truth is, it's always harder to say yes, but I promise you saying yes is worth it. See, I don't want to be the generation that stops saying yes to God because it requires extra effort out of me. I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to be that. I saw the way that the generations before us had worked just to get us this gospel, man. I don't want to be a part of the generation that sees the gospel not move forward because I like being comfortable. I want to say yes to whatever God has for us because I know the next generation is dependent on it. For jo for judges chapter 2 verses 7 and verses 10 tell a very sad story it's probably the saddest verses in the Bible and it tells a story of a generation that stopped saying yes to God and Judges 2 verse 7 says the people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. So what it was saying is while Joshua was alive and a generation after him, they served the Lord. And we always pick that up and say, we want to be a Joshua generation because they're a generation where a man took a stand and said, we gonna serve the Lord. Verse 10 says, after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, after they passed on, another generation, this breaks my heart every time I read it, grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. A whole generation of people didn't know God or what he had done. They weren't even thankful for what he had done. They didn't even know because previous generations, somewhere along the line, somebody said no to God and yes to themselves. Choose this day. You always have a choice. If you say no to God, you're choosing yourself. But if you say yes to God, you say no to self, man, I'm gonna I'm I'm die to self daily so I can say yes to God. Man, we are still thousands of years later talking about a Joshua generation because his generation said yes to God's house. They said yes, man. I want that to be the story about us. I want that to be not just the story of Cool Church, but the Capital C Church all over the world in 2022. I want to be the generation that is responsible 
for pushing the gospel forward. What I don't want to be is the generation that got so comfortable with saying yes to myself that we said no to God and we grew a whole generation that didn't know who he was or what he had done for them. See, never forget what God has done just because you choose not to see what he's doing. Don't follow what's popular. Follow what's right. There's a choice in front of you. So when you live like that, God's house will always be our house. We have a choice. And I just want to say in these final moments, maybe you've been on the fence about all this stuff. Maybe you said no because you think it's comfortable, but your life really hasn't been comfortable at all. Truth is, the only way to live a good life, the only way to live an abundant life, according to the word of God, is not to say yes to yourself. It's not to choose yourself. It's say yes to Jesus. Yes. When you give Jesus your yes, I promise he will never tell you no. He loves you so much. And maybe this year ain't been the best year of your life. But I'm pushing you to get out of your comfort zone. I'm not selling you a pipe dream. I'm not telling you say yes and it's going to be easy. I'm being upfront about what this is. Say yes to God. Is it going to be easy? No. The moment you say yes, stuff in life is going to come at you because you chose to do the hard thing. But I promise you, saying yes to God may not be easy. Saying yes to Jesus is the most beneficial thing you will ever do in your entire life. Why? Because that decision won't just affect you. It will bless you, but it will bless everyone beyond you. I want to be a part of a house that always says yes. And today, Jesus is just looking for people that want to say yes. I don't know where you are in the world watching this right now, but maybe you haven't said yes ever to Jesus. Or maybe you have, but you got real comfortable and you've been saying no for a while. You say, ah, Jesus, nah, I ain't coming. I'm, I'm just doing my own thing right now. It's never too late to say yes. Today, today I'm asking, giving you a choice. If serving God seems undesirable to you. Choose this day who you will serve. I promise you, I promise you, serving Jesus will be the best decision of your life. Saying yes to Jesus will be the best decision of your life. So on the count of three, wherever you are, I can't see. God can see though. I can't see. So I'm going to ask you, count of three, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Just raise your hand. Wherever you are, I can't see it. God will see it. And more than your hand, God will see past your hand. He will see directly to your heart. If you want to be included in this final prayer that I'm about to pray for you saying yes to Jesus, no to self, yes to Jesus. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. It's all right. You ain't got nothing to be embarrassed about. Can't see you. God can. And more than that, he sees your heart. The Bible says in Romans 10 now, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, you're raised from the dead, you're saved. Confess and believe. That's how you say yes to Jesus. I want everybody watching, wherever you're watching all over the world, I want you to repeat after me. Say yes with me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. Not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I say yes. I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. 
I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness to take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. I say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, let me tell you something. If you said yes to Jesus today, I want you to know that there is a celebration in the house. Not just the house of cool church, there's a celebration in the house of heaven because now heaven is your home. I'm not saying everything down here on earth is going to be easy, but you can celebrate because there is a hope that is before us. Our God has prepared a place for us and you are a part of a bigger family than you know. So if you made that decision, prompts will come up on the screen. You can follow all those prompts right now, but man, we like to celebrate salvation. I can't open up your ceiling and show you. And today, because we online, I can't necessarily help you hear what it sounds like. But y'all start putting those hearts in the chat. Y'all start putting those claps. Y'all start turning up. Man, y'all should just explode the entire chat right now. But on the count of three, we about to make noise. I want you to even make noise in your house. I want you to scare your neighbors right now because we're going to celebrate people saying yes to Jesus. Here we go. One, two, three. Let's go. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for our brothers and sisters that said yes today. Thank you, Jesus. Man, so, so proud of you, man. And we want to make sure that you know you're not on this journey alone. You are a part of family. Like I said, follow all prompts on screens and it will let you get connected to this family, whether um, you are a person that can come in person when we start doing in-person gatherings again next week, or if you're online, we will stay connected to you as well. Got some cool stuff that we want to send you uh, digitally because we love you. Well, church, this is our house. It's the house that we choose to serve. Let's finish the next four weeks of Cool Church in 2022. Let's make it the greatest celebration we have ever experienced because for these next four weeks, we are all in and we're going to celebrate what God has done all year long. God has brought us this far. He will not leave us. I want to I want to celebrate before we get to 2023. I want to turn up in 2022. Four weeks left. We are all in. Cannot wait to see you in the building next week. We are celebrating cool Christmas. Let's go for four weeks. I got four new messages. It's going to be exciting. We gonna finish with a bang i love y'all so so much hope you enjoy sabbath sunday hey share this message with somebody get it out share it on facebook youtube however you want to do it make sure somebody sees this message that needs to hear reach towards me let me bless you before you go father god i thank you for the greatest people in the world the people of cool church bless them as they rise up as they lie down as they go out as they come in and they're laboring in their leisure god surround them with your presence and god i pray that this week of their life will be the best week of their life in jesus name amen love you family see you in person next week peace thank you so much for listening to hear more messages like this one please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel and if you like what you heard please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. 
then be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.